Um, we're going to have a bring and share, uh, but not food this time. Um, what I'd like to um, ask is that uh, we think about whether there are stories that we want to share as a group uh, with each other and times that prayer has been uh, wondrously answered and times when it hasn't been answered and, and how, we've, how we've coped with that. Uh, and I'm mentioning this now so you can have this in the back of your minds as, as we go through the passage. And, but please don't feel under any pressure to share. Uh, it's fine if no one has anything to share, we'll just get coffee a bit earlier. Um, but I'm really looking forward to it because I think it would be great to hear the, the wisdom of the saints on, on this. So let's look at the passage. Um, I think we've clicked on... Pro- yes, great, thank you. So um, that's on the screen behind me. So ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. Those who seek find. And to those who knock the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. And I know Alan Barr is one of my preaching heroes. Um, he always starts with C.S. Lewis quote. Uh, so I've got a C.S. Lewis quote. Um, uh, yeah, there we go. So uh, I pray because I can't help myself. I pray because I'm helpless. It doesn't change God. It changes me. So um, this, is, this is a widely found uh, C.S. Lewis quote on the web. Um, if you've seen the film Shadowlands... Um, about the life of C.S. Lewis. Uh, You see him in that, uh, saying this quote. Um, But it's not actually a C.S. Lewis quote, which I'm quite relieved about, because I think it's rather misleading. Um, I think this is... So as far as I make out, it's in none of his writings, and it's not something he, he ever said. Because whilst the character of God is unchangeable, and that's right, this passage clearly tells us that that prayer, intercessory prayer does more than just change us. Praying works. It leads to God providing what we ask for. Begin at verse 8. For everyone who asks receives, those who seek find, and to those who knock, the door will be opened. So it's really clear that when we pray for a door to be opened, God isn't going to just make us think, actually, I prefer closed doors the, the door is actually opened. Prayer works. And it, this passage is a wonderful encouragement to prayer. Prayer is a total no-brainer. It's so obvious that we would pray and ask for things. But, I don't know if you're at all like me, um, because when I hear this, I think, well, actually, that is a bit of a no-brainer to pray, but um, why don't I pray more? I don't pray enough. And I suspect I'm not the only one. Um, I've had some thoughts about why we don't pray, and here's a a few suggestions. So the first point, uh, yeah, there we go. We pray because we perceive that we we don't need to. So um, I've slammed that uh, C.S. Lewis misquote. 
but there is a good challenge from it. Um, so the misquote says, I pray because I can't help myself. Help myself. I pray because I'm helpless. So two weeks ago, um, Will spoke to us about our posture towards God. Um, remember that? And he, uh, he talked about how God-facing people are people who will be open to God and are people who realize their dependence upon God. Is that, is that us? Um, some of you may remember this. About 20 years ago, we had a curate um, in church called Esther, married to Matt. Um, before I say where she's from, does anyone actually remember where she's from? Jerry, I thought you would. Yes, no, actually, that's what I said. It's here. I, I was right. <laughs> but I thought before I totally commit myself and make a fool of myself, I would. Uh, yes, great, thank you. Right. Yes, yeah, so Esther was from Zimbabwe. And, um, and she reflected, uh, another quote coming up, that um, African Christians pray more than British Christians because they have much less to rely upon. In times of need, in Africa, they don't have the NHS, they don't have the welfare state, they lack social housing, they don't have food banks, they have to rely upon God. So what do we do if we face a problem? I guess if the problem's a massive problem, a massive threat, you know, we pray, it's easy, as, the, as, uh, as the, they say in the military and the, the army chaplains say, there are no atheist soldiers in foxholes. But, but if the problem's more moderate in size, do we pray, or do we just rely on our own resources? Do we think, oh, thank goodness, I've, I've, I've got the money to, to, to solve, solve that problem. I've got the, the friends, the network. So I think a question for us in Redland is, are our blessings a barrier to dependence upon God? Are our blessings a barrier to prayer? As we progress through life, do we rely far too heavily on, on what we have, our intelligence, our wealth, our social position, or are we prayerful people? Um, as the bumper sticker says, what is prayer? Is prayer your spare tyre or is prayer your steering wheel? I just saw that on a bumper sticker in Africa, in, the, in, in a Land Rover in Kenya. Um, so second point, why don't we pray? Um, next slide, please. Yes, yeah, so, so we don't pray perhaps because prayer is hard. You know, we think about it, it's, prayer should be fairly easy, we, um, yeah, we, we love God. We want God to be central to our lives. Why is talking to him often difficult? It's more difficult talking to, to God than it is talking to family members. It's hard, isn't it? Um, we need to remember that prayer is a spiritual battle. So uh, next slide, please. So um, this is a quote from uh, Samuel Chadwick, who was a Methodist preacher around the end of the 19th century, beginning of the 20th century. The one concern of the devil is to keep the saints from praying. He fears nothing from prayerless studies, work, Christian activities. He laughs at our toil, mocks our wisdom, but trembles when we pray. Prayer is a spiritual battle. The devil wants us to not pray. Um, many, many of you have read the Escritic Letters by C.S. Lewis, which Alan Barr will have quoted at length. Remember, it's, the, it's one devil talking to another devil, a demon about how to um, keep, keep people from being Christian. And next, uh, next slide, please. The advice is this. The best thing, wherever possible, is to keep the patient from the serious intention of praying altogether. 
So if prayer is a spiritual battle, what do we do? I guess we pray. We pray that we can be prayerful people. Uh, Next passage, please. Uh, Jesus speaks into this. He recognizes that prayer is hard. Uh, In Luke uh, 18, uh, Jesus says a parable um, to to his followers. Um, It's this. Uh, And Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice, so that, we should, so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Prayer is hard, but let's let's keep going. Jesus recognizes that it's easy to give up. Let's keep going. But are there practical things that that we can do? Um, There's uh, another quote. Um, This is a quote. uh, This isn't a Christian leader, as far as I'm aware. He's a a business guru in the States, a guy called Stephen Covey. He wrote a book called um, The Seven Practices of... No, Seven Practices of Most Offensive People. Yes. Oh, that's very good. Well, thank you. Author of Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It's written on the slide. Unfortunately, it's written there, but not on my notes. Um, So, and the point is... Yeah, sorry, we achieve inner peace when our schedules align with our values. Are we going to carve out time in our weeks to pray? Or is it something that we just try and, try and squeeze in? I remember pre, pre-COVID, I was better at it because I had, um, I had sort of more set routine. I'd go to Gloucester each day. I'd, I'd know that I'd, I'd have time traveling and have time before that. Since COVID, my routine's changed and I just find prayer being squeezed. My timetable doesn't reflect the importance that I put on God and on prayer. There are things that we can do to help. So, um, I don't have any of you keep prayer diaries. So just uh, notes of things to pray for each day to give us a structure. So on Monday I pray for some God children. Tuesday I pray for the church and, and so on. And there are prayer meetings. There are prayer meetings that we can have. We can meet with our family to pray. We can meet in our grow groups. And there are whole church prayer meetings. And at this point, I was hoping to invite Claire to up uh, tell us about the Thursday morning prayer meeting. And, um, oh, can we grab your microphone, please? I don't know why I'm doing... Am I? Yes? I don't know why I'm doing this, because he comes to it. He can tell you about it. So there's been a tradition of an early morning prayer meeting. We used to do it more days in the week. Um, of recent years, it's just been on Thursday morning, so if you, and it's on Zoom, so you don't have to travel. It's at 9 o'clock, um, and we meet to pray for the church and the world, for our mission partners, for anything that comes up, really. It's exactly three-quarters of an hour, so it doesn't take up your whole day. Um, if you would like to join us on Zoom on a Thursday morning, um, ask me for the details, and I'll um, add you to the list. Thank you. It's a real... Oh, yeah, good. That's right. Thank you. <laughs> Do please think, it, think of it. It's brilliant. So I've been going to it for the last um, few months, and it's just it's a good routine to get into. Thursday morning, the emails come around from Claire. Why, 
the natural thing to do is to pray. Uh, I should say for those of you who realise that I have got a full-time job, uh, I, I dip out at half past nine when my, my meetings start, and I sometimes pray for motorway services and places like that, so I'm uh, not, uh, I do actually do work as well. Um, so third reason that, that we are, might not pray as much as we want to, and uh, next slide, yes, that prayer is not always answered, prayer is unanswered. This passage passages encourages us to, to trust God and trust his character when we pray. We have to, we're encouraged to trust that we have a God that will give good gifts. But often that's very difficult. It's difficult when prayer's not answered. And we often remember our answered, our unanswered prayer much more than our answered prayer. Some of you, I often find I forget prayers that have been, been answered. I was thinking recently about what prayers I've prayed that have been answered. Um, now, this is a bit of a banal one, um, but uh, stick with me with this. Um, we've, got, um, we've got rabbit. We used to have two rabbits. Um, my daughter rabbits, uh, Matilda's 11, and one rabbit got eaten by a fox, and it was, I know she just walked into the room at the back. I think she's out of her It was awful, absolutely awful. It was full-on family trauma. I think we prayed about it in the prayer meeting, actually, um, about uh, looking after Matilda afterwards. And so we got a kitten. Uh, we got a McConnell kitten. Um, their cat had kittens. And we thought, let's cheer Matilda up by having a kitten. And it worked. Then uh, New Year's Day, uh, about midnight, I'd managed to leave a window open, and the cat got out. We kept the cat inside, because overnight, there are more foxes around our area than you can shake a stick out. There's... there's I was going to say hundreds, that's an exaggeration, but there's about, there's about a dozen foxes around our streets. And a cat got out, and I thought, oh, my word, the cat's out, going to get eaten by a fox. And I was in pieces. Um, so I was running up and down the streets trying to find this cat. Um, and then, as you, funny enough, started praying. And very soon after starting praying, the cat turned up. Uh, and it was an absolute relief, and it was a delight. And it's very easy to say, well, it's just a coincidence. You know, cats do that, they go out, they come back, they come back. But I wonder, when we hear stories from at the end, how many times we're going to hear answer to prayer, which could just be a coincidence. But there's, there's so many times that coincidences happen when, when we pray. That makes us think, oh, that's, that's a bit unusual. So let's hold on to our prayers. Let's remember when prayers are granted. And sometimes when people use prayer diaries... They write down every prayer that they pray and write down a, a little note later on. They go back to them and say, actually, this prayer was answered or this prayer wasn't answered or it was answered in such and such a way so they can reflect and be encouraged. But nevertheless, sometimes prayer isn't answered. It's, it's not answered. We ask for something, we don't get it. So whose fault is that? Is it our fault? Is it God's fault? Well, we see, we see in the Bible there's unanswered prayer. Jesus prays in Gethsemane, but... Is, uh, he prays that the cup would be taken from him, but it's not. Right, and I guess we can trust that Jesus prayed properly. Um, so was God at fault? Is God at fault when prayer is not answered? Is he too weak, too uncaring, too deaf? But we have these Bible, we have Bible promises, Romans 8, 28. Um, in all things, God works for the good of those, good of those who love him. Um, Matilda. Uh, pleaded with us uh, recently that we get chickens for that garden. Um, 
Uh, she was desperate for chickens. Uh, she even gave us a little business case, um, gave us a little presentation. There are the pros, there are the cons. This is the, uh, she showed us where we can, give, uh, where we can source all the, uh, uh, the runs and cages from, but we said no because we thought it would just be a step too far to have foxes eat chickens as well as rabbits. And, um, but it was a... She wanted it. She, I think... Um, Claire did a session on prayer this morning. There was a boy in Sunday school who's praying for. Actually, Claire, was it? It was a. He wanted a gun. So he's been praying and praying, and yeah, he hasn't had that. And I recognize this sounds glib because it's clear sometimes we pray for things that, that God knows quite well that shouldn't, that we, we don't need. I think the next quote, C.S. Lewis, another C.S. Lewis quote, I must often be glad that certain past prayers of my own were not granted. And I think we can accept this, that some of our prayers, we can trust God to give us better, better answers. God knows best. But there are many, many times when our prayers just doesn't feel like, when our prayers aren't answered, it just doesn't feel like that. It's not, it's not a gun that fires sweets. It's not a chickens in the back garden. It's something that's vital. You know, the war in Ukraine, still going on. Have we not prayed enough? What, what, is God not listening? There was um, a couple who don't come to church anymore because... One of their persisting prayers was that a, a, a child didn't die, and the child did die, and that was one of their one of the things that, that, that led them to, to not be, not come to Redland now. I don't know where they are. I think they might be going to church somewhere else. But it's really really hard when these when these big prayers don't get answered, and we're just left holding on to the character of God, holding on to the God that 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 tells us to pray and wants to give us good gifts and tells us that he loves us. And that's where I think I'm going to finish and invite you to speak, to share stories of prayer, of unanswered prayer, and it's absolutely fine if you don't want to say anything. Wayne, you've got a mic. Can you do the uh, honours, please? Um, If you've got anything to say, Please raise a hand and Wayne will bring the mic over. Rachel, back. Thank you. During the pandemic, we, like many in Redland, joined a hub and there were three three couples of us in there. So Chris and myself, and then two other couples, all of whom had uh, children of sort of teenage up to young adults, and all of whom had elderly parents. And so over the time that we have been in that hub together, there were all sorts of things that came up for our children of various crises um, in their lives and things which we needed to pray about, and there were all sorts of health issues for all of our parents at different times who were becoming increasingly elderly and various things and happening to them. And I'm not going to share any specific thing because that's what we agreed that we wouldn't do. But just to say that 
God's faithfulness in keeping us all on track, praying and laughing with one another and supporting one another was absolutely amazing. And we would meet each week, uh, each fortnight, we would talk, we would pray, and um, it was really good to see God's faith answering many of those prayers, not always in the way we'd expected. And um, I don't know about you, but if I'm not doing something, I find it quite hard to concentrate on a sort of Zoom call. So I would make notes of what we were asking to pray for so that I would remember and so that I could then go back and pray. So that list sort of is, in effect, a little prayer diary that Chris and I have from that time. And it's amazing just to flick through it and see how faithful God was in keeping us all sane and keeping our faith strong. Thank you. One of the things that I do is act as the uh, communicator for a thing called a prayer chain. And that's if there are people here who want to pray about events in the life of the church, then it can be a means. It's partly a means of information and communication. But it's also a place where we can support each other. The email goes out uh, only... I have the list of people, so it's anonymous, but it does provide a way in which if you want to support people in prayer in the, in the church, then normally it's restricted to individuals who've given permission to add their need to the prayer chain. Sometimes we, the, the, the need is answered with an email that says what happened. Uh, many other times we don't. But it's there. It's an email that will pop into your email. I'm afraid I'm generation baby boomer and email is my technological limit. So it might get on Twitter or something more social. Uh, my little Nokia doesn't do pictures, I'm afraid. But my, but my laptop does. So if anybody is interested, uh, come and see me or send me an email. Uh, you will find an email may pop into your inbox once a week. It's very, very rarely, it's more than twice a week. Thank you, thank you. David, you were... I was reminded about uh, your story oh. of the uh, 100 mile an hour suites. Um, this was... Uh, Back in wartime, uh, I'm getting pretty old now, <laughs> but this was, uh, I guess I was seven or eight years of age, and there were no toys in the shops, and a particular shop where I used to get the toys had been bombed and no longer there, uh, so the people in the district, in a little hut that was near our house, they started making toys for the children of the, of the locality. Um, and I went to watch them, and there were toy soldiers they were making, painting them. They were making little, uh, little dolls. And what interested me was a kaleidoscope. And this guy was just cutting glass at the right angle, and he put it together, and he put little bits of colored paper in the bottom, and he looked down there, and there were wonderful patterns you could see through this kaleidoscope. So 
I really wanted a kaleidoscope. So mother used to encourage us to pray at night, you know, God bless mommy, God bless daddy, all that sort of stuff, and they teach us the Lord's Prayer. And I got down by my bedside and I said, please can I have a kaleidoscope? <laughs> and uh, anyway, the Christmas party came round and they were doling out the presents and um, I didn't have a kaleidoscope. So I thought so much for this prayer stuff. Anyway, about a day later, the next door neighbor, who used to come around and have a chat to mother, uh, my mother's name was Mabel, and her name was Floss. Floss mm -hmm. used to call her May. And we heard this voice around the corner said, May! So May, uh, Floss came around. She said, we got one kaleidoscope left over. Would your David like it? <laughs> so, there we are. Yeah. That's, a, that's a sort of ad Antidote for the 100 mile an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for sharing. And uh, when you were talking about the, um, the cat turning up and you were talking about coincidences, I was reminded of this quote from William Temple, former Archbishop of Canterbury. When I pray, coincidences happen, and when I don't, they don't. Mm. Thank you, yes. Um. Good for your step, Twain. <laughs> um, I was just um, thinking about um, an answer prayer. It was interesting talking to the children this morning um, because, you know, depending on their age, they have experience of an answer prayer and they, and they get, the, some of them as they get older, get the complexity of this. And I was reflecting on um, to maybe 10 years ago um, and I lost my dad and my best friend within 18 months in very different circumstances. And I was just thinking about, you know, my desires and my heart at that point, them just both to get well. And they didn't. And it's, it's something I just still wrestle with um, because my prayer wasn't answered and yet at the same time you know there was no uh, there, there are some things that happened at that time fortunately about at some point I will talk now which were quite extraordinary which showed God's presence to me in such an incredible way that I've never had outside of those um, experiences but yet at the same time it was a such a bittersweet thing because I knew God's presence and yet I had to say goodbye to my dad and Amanda so complex. Thank you. Should we finish by praying? Wayne, do you want to pray for us? I was going to ask you to pray for us. <laughs> <laughs> Father God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are not a distant God, but that you are a God that is present in our everyday lives. Thank you that we do not have to um, feel the distance between us, but that we can communicate with you. and We can petition you for things that are going in our own lives and in the lives of those people around us. And we thank you that you are a God that answers. We 
admit that sometimes we don't necessarily like the answer that we get given back. But we thank you that you answer us nonetheless. And we pray that you help us to build a real confidence in you and in the act of prayer. Just help us to make that our first port of call. Uh, and allow us to be patient in waiting for a response for you, knowing that you promise that you will. We pray that as a community, you help us to deepen our prayer lives, to commit to bringing things to you much more quickly and with much more of a sense of um, expectancy that you will work in those situations. We pray that for us together, but we pray that for us as individuals as well, Father God. We come before you as we are, not as perfect prayers, not as perfect Christians, but as we are at this time. And pray and say that we want more, and we pray for your help and your guidance in helping us to get there. Continue to guide us and lead us in this, and continue to challenge us and inspire us and teach us as a community and as individuals, and lead us further into the adventure with you. Amen. Thank you, John.